Do I have everybody's attention now? Ladies and gentlemen. Hey, yo. Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the Introducing first, from parts unknown, our resident Mark, Johnny Smart. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Next, coming down the aisle, the unstoppable force, the immovable object, Doc Haas. Haas. I can't help that I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, can dance all night long. And here is your host. The baby face of podcasting, JC Bowles. You know what? You just made the list. Elizabeth, go right now, go and left. Can I ask a question, Macho Man? Four question, question. You're listening to the fourth wall wrestlecast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. Wall. What up, fam, and welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. I am your host, the babyface of podcasting, J.C. Bones. I am the enforcer, Doc Haas. And I am the third man, Johnny Smarks. And we are the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. We want to take this time to wish you and yours a very happy and healthy holiday season. Are you looking for the gift that keeps on giving? Then check out Fourth Wall WrestleCast every Saturday on Anchor, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And be sure to hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, and share with all your friends and family on this joyous holiday season. Want to stay up to date with all the happenings in the world of the Fourth Wall? Then be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fourth Wall Cast. That's the number four, T-H-W-A-L-L-C-A-S-T. We are quickly approaching 2019, and as of January 1st, the Fourth Wall WrestleCast can be found on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network on rantwithant.com, along with other great podcasts, such as Kings of the Rings Podcast, Not Your Mama Soap Opera, Smash This Podcast, and The Gift of Podcast. If you want more news and information about Wrestle Addict Radio and these other great shows, please follow us on Twitter at Addict Wrestle. On today's show, we were going to bring you our own fantasy superstar shakeup, but due to the recent events of this week, we decided to postpone that till after the new year. So on today's episode, we're going to discuss the return of the McMahon-Helmsley regime and the good, the bad, and the ugly from Raw and SmackDown. We're then going to bring you some exciting segments such as hashtag be involved, Doc will then take us on an adventure on the indies and discuss the future of Ring of Honor and names that WWE might be interested in. Then the third man will bring you the third brand and discuss the recent NXT call-ups that were announced this week, as well as some on-screen debuts from this week's episode of NXT. So, without further ado, good brothers, what's good, what's new? What's up, JC Bones? Uh, Everything's good here. What's new with me? I've got a beard shape up, and that's why we're recording so late. 
Uh, a new haircut. <laughs> Not now, Chief. I'm in the zone. Got a new haircut. He's in the zone. <laughs> Jaeger bombs. Jaeger bombs. Jaeger bombs. Power bombs. Power bombs. Power bombs. <laughs> oh, man. What else happened? Jackknife. Uh, Jackknife. <laughs> Razor's Edge. Razor's Edge. Oh, I get it. This uh, is gonna start. Uh, this is gonna start sounding like Revolution Nine. Pearl Jesus River Plunge. Guys. Pearl River Plunge. <laughs> Pearl River Plunge. We just made an Ahmed Johnson reference on our show. All right, you want to go yeah, obscure? We got two Batista bombs down here. Two no, Batista bombs. Let's go obscure. What was what was Adam Bomb's finisher? Wow. Wow. Dude. Right? Um, That's as obscure as the Pearl River Plunge. That's asshole. a good question. Dude, Ahmed Johnson was an intercontinental champion. All yes, right? he was. And he was one of my favorites at that time. He was Dude, he was jacked. destined for good things. He was destined for big things, man. It was a shame yeah. he got hurt. Yep. He's jacked. Um, he, let's he, see. He's huge, man. I wonder what he looks like now. I know he's alive still. Not so good. Is that you know that for a fact? Yeah, I saw he's a picture of him recently. Oh, man. Yeah. He's a specimen. So what else is up with me? Because that's more important. Um, last day of school. I got a couple days off. You know, us teachers, everyone says we're overpaid and underworked. But uh, <laughs> come do my job. That's all I'm going to say. Enjoy your yeah, break, break, bro. I'm going to try. One more. I got one more day of teaching at, at the lake house tomorrow. And at five. No, I'm sorry. Is, is it, is it four, uh, sometime around five o'clock. I think it's five fifty. I will officially be done working for 12 days and I will be in Florida. Actually, time we podcast, I will be podcasting from sunny Florida. Yeah. And like well, I said, we'll, we'll be sitting in like three feet of snow and you'll be sitting next to the pool drinking a lemonade with an umbrella in the fucking glass. Yeah, Bones, <laughs> we might get we might get a white Christmas here, huh? Uh, that's what well, I'm I hope saying. It's like after Christmas. It's got to be after Christmas. I got to fly today after Christmas. Who gives a shit about you? <laughs> Listen, you know what? Don't be pissed off because I'm going to be living it up on the west coast of Florida with the Gators and Titus O'Neil. Whatever, man. I'm getting paid here, so there you go. All right, guys. Well, let's start off the show with our first segment. We're going to bring back hashtag be involved. This is the segment where we want to encourage our listeners to reach out to us either via email, email us at fourthwallcast at gmail.com, or tweet at us using the hashtag BeInvolved. Let us know your thoughts of the show. Let us know your thoughts about wrestling. Let us know how much you can't stand the sound of Doc's voice. Whatever you want to say, reach out to us, be involved, and we'll, talk, we'll read your letters here on air. Uh, so we didn't do this segment last week due to the amount of news we had to bring to you guys. So we are going to bring it back for this week. So this letter comes from our fan, Rob, again, who actually reached out to us the first time and was the original inspiration for this segment. So his letter reads, Dear Fourth Wall Fam, Hey guys, it's your loyal fan, Rob. And I have to say, I love listening to your show every week. Keep up the good work, guys. I wanted to add on to one of your topics that you spoke about dealing with baby faces and heels and how characters now are so neutral ah. nowadays. There's no consistency. And I remember back in the 60s, I could cheer Bruno San Martino every time I saw him. But nowadays, for example, if Brock faces Roman, 
I cheer for Roman. If Brock faces Braun, I'm going to cheer for Brock. I guess Rob's not a Braun Strowman fan. Sounds um, it. <laughs> I'm not a fan of there being so much confusion with who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. That one, that's the one thing I miss from old school wrestling. Thank you guys for doing what you're doing and be prepared to hear from me again soon. Ciao, Rob. Rob, thank you so much for reaching out to us. Thank you for being a loyal listener and being a member of the Fourth Wall Fam. So, guys, we did talk about, you know, how we have the, the baby faces, the heels, and, you know, Doc calls them the tweeners nowadays. Um, I still think on TV, though, we do have your, we have your, your baby faces. You have your Finn Balors, your Apollo Crews, the guys who always, always smile. Then you have your blatant heels. We have guys like Daniel Bryan, Tommaso Ciampa. But there is a good population of superstars that fall in the middle uh, in between the face and the heels, you know, so we have a lot of tweeners nowadays. So what do you, what did you guys take on this compared to old school wrestling? So this is the difference in, you know, wrestling now and wrestling in the 1960s, like Rob was saying in the 1960s, wrestling was still like, it's a sport. Like not everybody was in on the gag, you know, quote unquote, the gag. Now it's known by the people who create content for WWE that most of the audience knows that it's a work. Okay. So now it becomes a way more of a TV show than it does become a, a sporting event. So back in the sixties with a sporting event, it's very easy to send out your, your Italian American strong man, Bruno San Martino in New York city, where all the Italians who left Italy came to congregate makes absolute sense. Everybody's going to cheer him because of that. And it made sense to put some Russian as a bad guy or pretend some guys are Russian and make him a bad guy because everybody was going to boo Russia. Then that was, you know, during the cold war, it was very easy to do. And it still felt like a sport where now, yeah, it's still athletic and he's and, and, and wrestlers are athletes, but we all know it's TV. So we have a, we have like more of an open mind to make a decision on how we receive characters. So even though WWE books, Becky Lynch as a heel because we've just wanted to see Becky have this opportunity, whether heel or face for so long to see her bring back the badass Becky character from like early NXT. Like this is, we, we choose to cheer it, even though it's not supposed to be cheered. And because we know it's all created by writers, like, we can react to it any way we want. We're not reacting to it like I react to a Giants game or it's not in a match. I'm reacting to it like I react to an episode of Seinfeld, but more athletic instead and, and a sport, like a different premise. Right, because back then they were also still in the Carney era where it was still um, it was still an yeah. attraction. Now it's a circus act. Exactly. It was an act. It was an attraction. So Vince McMahon, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've been watching it for – 20 plus years now and we all have seen what Vince McMahon has done with with the attraction of wrestling and turned it into sports right. entertainment that's where that difference I think lies and this is also goes back to the big topic over the past few years you know is kayfabe dead it's never going to be dead I don't think not as long as it's a work yeah you can't be dead it has to be around but to go back to your point bones like Andre the Giant was billed as a freak pretty much Yep. That's how he made his money, being a freak of nature that nobody could beat. Like he was built like a circus attraction. 
And he was the most popular wrestler in the world throughout the 1970s until Hulkamania. So you're absolutely right. I'm like, it's it's a completely different world. And the viewer now, like, you know, obviously Rob's a little older if he remembers Bruno San Martino. Mm. So yes, remember the viewer now is not viewing the product like he did in 1967 when Bruno was in the middle of a world title reign. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, all right, guys, so let's get into the show. Let's talk about this week. So this week was the week of shakeups. And I'm using air quotes on that. You can't see me when I'm, I'm using them, I promise. So I swear to Christ, the next person to say shake up, I'm going to fucking pistol whip him. I'm sick of that goddamn word. <laughs> Sounds like someone's pissed off about I, this shake up that happened. Fucking read it everywhere. I've heard it. It's, it's hey, sh- Jones, the fuck be up careful with, with that soda. Up. You don't want to shake it up. <laughs> shake it up. So oh, this week, the week started off with the return of the of Vince McMahon and the McMahon Helmsley regime. They made a very bold statement saying that they will now be running Raw and SmackDown. Uh, one good thing that we're getting out of this is that they're going to be abolishing the on-screen GM role. But now what I want to know, the question I want to pose to you guys is... Are we now going to see the McMahon-Helmsley regime on TV more uh, week after week as an on-screen authority figure? Or are they going to take more of that Jack Tunney role where we're only going to see him as needed, maybe once every few months when big events are happening? And are they going to allow finally the superstars to run the show? So I think that you're going to see both. I think you're going to see Vince McMahon in that Jack Tunney. Uh, role he'll be in and about. We know he's at everything still, but I don't think he's going to come out as much as we think he's going to. It was great to see him two days in a row, though. I don't know if you guys agree. I hope you agree. Oh yeah, of course. Um, I, I always I like Vince's appearances. I like Vince, man. I um on Monday night I was scared by how he looked. I was like, my God, he's old. And then I remember he's how old, old man. man. Vince is getting old. He's getting old. Yeah, I like Vince. I don't always like his decisions, but I like him. I agree. Which is, um, you know, he's, he's he's entertaining when he's on screen. I I also think you're going to see the every week thing from Stephanie and Hunter when he's there. And so you're that's I, that's what I think. I think you're going to see both. Um, I don't think it's going to be every week. Um, I, I hope that we're going to see more wrestling. I don't know how you guys feel. I get it. We have three hours and two hours to push a whole bunch of storylines forward, but I'm hoping we see more wrestling. Well, one of my comments of the week, you know, in our text thread was, Oh, who would have thunk adding a lot more wrestling to raw makes, makes a better use of time, makes a better use of three hours. Who would have Tyler thunk breeze was on TV. Tyler in, in, in the continental title match. TV. Going, going from belt to belt, answering open challenges wherever they are mm-hmm. thrust wherever. into the public eye. <laughs> yep. See, I, I think that's one good thing think- that we did get out of it this week was that we got to see wrestlers that we, or I'm sorry, superstars that we haven't really seen on TV. We saw Tyler Breeze. We saw the club over on SmackDown. We saw Sanity. Yes, Sanity is still employed by the WWE. So, so we got to club. see some... People Who that we knew? haven't seen on TV in, in a little while, and they're starting to be put into storylines. I mean, Tyler Breeze, who knows what's right. going to happen with him now, but he had an IC match on Raw. Did anyone, uh, maybe a couple months ago, get a survey 
from WWE in their email. No, uh, it might no. it, it might be I don't know if it was stockholders or maybe WWE Network subscribers on both. So it, maybe it was I don't know which one it was, but I whenever I get them from WWE, I actually I do fill them out. I do not fill them out for most companies, but. What's great about WWE is, I mean, for the most part, even though on screen they're saying we're going to let the fans control the show, I think they listen to their demographic more than any other company. And, you know, obviously there are bad decisions on screen, but they're a successful company. So, but, but I take time to fill out those, those surveys, and I think they have a lot to do with what we're seeing now. I think a lot of people maybe put some pretty bad things in there. I think you're definitely going to start seeing some of the McMahon's more on on screen because of the move to Fox. You know, that's one of the rumors is the Fox wanted at least one of the McMahon's on screen for SmackDown. So because of that, I think you're going to see Shane the most on screen. I think you're going to see probably Steph the second most. And then as we get closer to Mania, we'll start seeing Triple H more. And yeah, Vince, I think you're going to see as necessary. Like WrestleMania this is four, maybe this is an as necessary appearance though, because he's addressing the lowest ratings in Raw's history and this, that, and the other thing. So this is an as necessary appearance. So anytime Vince needs to be on TV, he'll just put himself on TV. He's Vince McMahon and he can do that. That's going to be his role now. You know, one good thing that Vince did do this week was he, helped put certain superstars over. I mean, you have people like Baron Corbin, Naomi, Becky, Charlotte, and Asuka, who were all in segments with Vince McMahon. To be a superstar and be in a segment with Vince McMahon is huge. Vince McMahon doesn't just be in a segment with anybody. Go ahead, Doc. You have to say something. I can see your face. Yeah, yeah. You bring up the Corbin thing. And this was when I thought about this. Like, the more I sat on this for the week, the more I didn't like it because I don't mind Corbin, like, getting the shit kicked out of him again. That's fine. That's going to get a good reaction from the crowd. What I mind is that was the opening segment, and that opening segment should have been Ronda Rousey, and it should have been Ronda continuing the Becky Charlotte storyline and just demanding her match. And if you want to make a change, you want to shake things up, there's your shakeup right there. Interpromotional feud. Somebody's moving brands. Boom. This is the common sense thing WWE doesn't get and NXT does get. I understand where you're coming from, but I think that starting with the McMahons and kind of starting new slate, even though some storylines are continuing, I think uh, them coming out is kind of like, do you guys read comics at all? Do you guys know what happened with DC a couple of years ago with the, um, the ending and then they, they started again? The new 52 no. or something like that. No, I'm not a comic book guy. I can't, I can't go. So short, there. so short story. Um, God, it might be 10 years ago at this point, DC stopped everything, all their storylines with, you know, everything going on and stopped them all in one month. And then the next month, everything started over. And I think that's kind of what happened on, on raw. I think that needed to happen. Yes, we have storylines that are continuing, but I think you needed that break to say this stops here. Next chapter starts. Now we continue. And yes, Ronda coming out would have been awesome, but it didn't happen. Yeah, you're right. 
Ronda coming out would have been great. That would have been a great way to start the new era, the next, the next segment, the next, you know, phase of WWE. Why not start it with the person who's probably going to be your biggest star of that era? But no, you start it with Baron Corbin, who is easily the. Yeah, I know he's a heel and he's supposed to be hated, but he's not anywhere close to being universally over. But this gave us a very fun segment because then everyone got to see Kurt Angle, Bobby Roode, Chad Gable, Apollo Crews, and Heath Slater all beat the shit out of Baron Corbin. That was great fun. It was great, but they, they didn't need to do that with the McMahons. The McMahons should have been with a bigger star and a bigger caliber character. But it on doesn't matter Smackdown, anymore. It's new. On SmackDown, they opened with Becky Lynch. Why not open with Ronda on Raw? Mm-hmm. It's not even like they opened with Rollins or or, or Lesnar or or Ambrose. They opened with Baron fucking Corbin and the McMahons. Do you not see the problem here? Well, don't, don't you think that that means that Vince sees something in Baron Corbin? If he's going, you come out in the opening segment and be he's in a segment with me and the family. Uh, that- He's always had something for him, so that means nothing's changed in the world of Vince on, in terms of Raw. A change would have been Ronda getting in Vince's face and letting him know that she's the head motherfucker in charge. So now. change wasn't him approving Tyler Breeze in his in his actual character. That's change. Okay, that's change in like the mid card. The top of the card is the problem at Raw. Mm-hmm. You could have okay. done the. Corbin segment. You could have just you could have just had Corbin come out and then just have Kurt Angle come out and then they just tempt to just take it. What's wrong with Corbin getting a spot no, with Kurt Angle, one of the I, greatest wrestlers ever? And I'm not I'm not I, I think your your opinion of what should have happened is is right. And I have no pro- I have no problem with it. But you gotta understand something. The the top of the card never changes. Look back in history. It's always the same wrestlers. It is the mid card where most of us, believe it or not, I think a lot of us spend a lot of time watching. We would know what's going to happen in, in top of the card. You know, the, the, the finish might be different. The winner's going to be different, but it's the mid card that needs the biggest change. In my opinion, the mid card is where you, where you find the guys who can, be on the top of the card. So to that point, I, I agree with you. And Smart. it's proven that the ones at the mid card right now are not cutting it for fans. Do we agree? Yeah. And that's yeah. why they need to shake it up and not just recycle Baron Corbin again. That I think that was if the, a story if the, ending. If the, if, the, if, if the men aren't cutting it on raw right now, then just give the ball to Rhonda and let her do her thing. I got you. Well, that story's just- not over yet because he's still facing Seth Rollins next week on Raw due yeah. to the issues that Rollins has had with Corbin over the past few weeks. So okay. I'm, I'm interested fine with to that. see in January where that Corbin storyline goes, but I think we're going to see him now just out of the authority figure scene and just back to a normal uh, superstar each week in, in, in matches. I hope he keeps wearing dress, dress clothes. Yeah, I find that funny. It's like, I, 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 it's like IRS. <laughs> That's so much more of like a character than whatever the fuck that lone wolf thing was. Mm-hmm. was and he looks so much better with a shaved head, too. Oh, my God, that hair was terrible. Oh, yeah. 
back to your back to your point too about the the main the main card. There is no main card on Raw except for Ronda Rousey because fuck Brock Lesnar never yeah. shows up for fucking TV. Yeah, so there is no main card scene. Fan, I'm sorry, anybody who's a wrestling fan and doesn't have a problem with and anybody who's a wrestling fan and doesn't has a doesn't have a problem with Brock Lesnar as champion isn't fucking understanding why Raw sucks so bad. Mm-hmm. It's gonna like be that tough. is one of the main fucking reasons Raw is awful. How could you support that? How could you support that? You think the title's going to be dropped like completely? Oh, I, that's something I want to talk about later. But I know I think he's going to drop the title soon. Oh, I, I think, think he's going to. I think he's going to. I, I think he's going to drop the title to Rollins at Elimination Chamber. That's my prediction for for not Lesnar. even Mania. No, no, it'll they, be before it looks Mania, like they're going to do Brock. Be- Rock. I think they're going to do Brock Rock at Mania. They're not going to make that a title match. It's I love like, when they say that. I love <laughs> Brock Rock. <laughs> All right, you know what? So let's talk about some good things that did come out of the quote-unquote shakeup from this week. Um, Tyler Breeze, Drake. Well, besides Tyler Breeze, Drake Maverick and AOP approached Shane McMahon backstage to demand a rematch against Bobby Roode and Chad Gable for the Raw Tag Titles. Um, and Shane said that the rematch clause is antiquated at this point. Yes. So he said, if you want your opportunity, you have to fight for the opportunity. So we got to see a fatal four-way match with AOP versus the Revival versus the B-Team, which is John's favorite, versus fucking Lucha House Party. Now, they didn't say anything about the Lucha House rules, but Corey Graves mentioned something during the match that the Lucha House rules were abolished. Now... We had some good good things come out of this match. We got to see the revival finally in the title picture, rightfully because they earned their shot, and they looked good in that match too. They always look good. No, they, I, I, there's been some instances where they haven't looked Whatever. good. Whatever, but They're I I'd say modern brainbusters. I'd say, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Most of the time they look good. Most okay. of the time they look good. I don't I don't look at the revival like I look at the B team. Like the B team, I just look at it as a joke. The revival I look at is the real tag team that hasn't gotten a fair shake at all since they come to the main roster. I agree. For whatever and, and, whatever asinine reason. Also, I, I like the B team and they're not my favorite. You like the you B like team. You love the B team. They're Can one we of your talk top about five. SummerSlam? Can we, <laughs> we talk about the the, the smart at SummerSlam? Oh man, oh, I went my nuts. god. You were flipping. Smarky was going ape shit. Mm-hmm. I went nuts. So for those those of you in the fourth wall fam, SummerSlam was when we first like tested out doing a podcast like for our own ears. And we did it on the night of SummerSlam. And Smarky went absolutely bananas when the B team had their moment of glory. But absolutely bananas. Not a smart moment. Not even a mark moment. That was a yes. moment. Stop. Give me a second. It was a moment of change. And I got excited because it wasn't the same teams winning the titles over and over again. Don't you see? Like, that's why I was excited. It was something new. That's mostly what marks do, in my opinion, or smarts. We get excited when something new or different happens. I'm sick of the same old shit. But and it that has to be different. good. But it has to be better than that. Would you be okay with Baron Corbin all of a sudden being universal champion? At this, point, yes. <laughs> At this point, yes. At this point, yes. You shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> shut your goddamn mouth. That is the stupidest 
fucking there's no fucking way you believe that statement. How could you possibly you understand what you just said? Yes. He'll drop it the next night. Or or oh. or pull a WrestleMania nine. They're gonna get. Oh, they're gonna. He's gonna get Hogan. <laughs> yes, he's gonna get Hogan. Or Yokozuna. Or I always Hart. loved. I always loved Bret Hart in that match. Or Bret Hart's like, go get him, Hulk. And you knew for like, and for real, like Bret Hart for real just wanted to kick him right into fucking balls. <laughs> I, I feel bad for both Bret Hart and Yokozuna. I feel bad for us because the main event of that WrestleMania should have been Bret Hart versus Hulk Hogan. Versus Hogan, but that uh, we never got to see Hogan. either. Yeah, Hogan was a little bitch about it. Yep. Hogan is. Well, All right, so if you guys want to hear some change, we do have a couple returns that were announced this week on Raw. So when they get uh, mixed back into the fray, we're going to see some changes happening there. So we got some vignettes for the return of Sami Zayn and the return of Kevin Owens. Now, I understood that Kevin Owens was going to be out until probably after Mania. I don't know why they're preemptively showing these vignettes about them coming back soon. How soon do you guys expect to see the two of them back? Uh, maybe one of them at the rumble, maybe Sammy at the rumble. I think Sammy wasn't Sammy supposed to be back by the rumble. Wasn't that his like diagnosis? At first? Yes. So, and then they so. said Owens after it was going to be ready by March, maybe, but they were just going to hold off till after mania to bring him back. Um, I'd like to see those two brought back as like a real legit tag team and just like really put some blood into the, like the, the raw tag, tag division. Team, really? Yeah. And okay. We, we could all agree that raw could use a, like some, some, some blood in their tag team. Right. Well, right? the whole tag so, division needs okay. a shot in the arm. We're going to discuss that yeah. next week on the fourth wall WrestleCast. Uh, check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, anywhere you can hear podcasts. We're going to give you a special episode next Saturday called Three GMs Are Better Than One. So even though Vince abolished the on-screen GM position, the three of us are going to give you the on-air GM position and tell you what the tag division should be in 2019. <laughs> Anyway, KO and Sammy would be a good veteran injection of life into that raw tag team division. And a team you could put like the straps on and be like, this is a serious fucking tag team right here. So they are two individuals that even though they got a lot of scream time over the past couple of years, I have no problem with them being on. They're always entertaining. So yeah, especially yeah. KO. I love KO. I love him. I and I hope and I hope they don't bring back that little bitch KO character. I want like fucking prize fighter KO back. Prize fighter fight Owens fight. That's yeah, I don't want Kevin that fucking, Owens character. Yeah, I don't want that bitch ass fucking Owens that was like super scared of Braun Strowman. Get the fuck out of here with that shit, bitch ass. Let's yeah. talk about some more change, guys. Let's switch over to the SmackDown side and let's talk about the newest signee, Mustafa Ali. Now, I'm going to go on record with saying, I mentioned this on last week's episode, I feel like they are slowly abolishing 205 Live and incorporating the Cruiserweights onto both Raw and SmackDown. And I think this is an opportunity for them to have a Raw Cruiserweight title and a SmackDown Cruiserweight title. You know what? People can at me all day long. There's already too many belts, too many titles. Get over it. It's only the Cruiserweights can go for it. I think that's the best move for them because 205 Live, Doc, you said it yourself, 205 Live needs a face. 
But you're going to be taking guys like you mentioned, Adam Cole, Ricochet, and putting them in 205 Live. Nobody watches 205 Live. So what's going to happen with those, those wrestlers? Are they going to get lost in the shuffle? I think the best bet is to put them all on Raw and SmackDown. Ricochet and Adam Cole would make people watch 205 Live. That would give people incentive to watch the show. Read my you mind. Need, yeah, we don't need any more time. Like, they, there's no room for them on barely on Raw or SmackDown as it is. How many? When's the last time you saw Mojo Raleigh on Raw? When's the last time? Who? You know, until recently that you saw uh, Luke Owls and Carl Anderson on SmackDown. Like, there's so much talent fighting to get on air now. Don't make it even harder for them. Keep them on their own show and put better talent like just put better talent on the show you know i'm not i hate to i don't want to knock the guys there too hard but like none of them are ricochet none of them are adam cole and if ricochet and adam cole are going to be on 205 live every week guess who's watching 205 live every week this guy and every single person who watches nxt right now which we keep continually saying is the best brand i can't agree with you more. We are agreeing a lot today. Oh man, it's the haircut, man. Are you guys no, feeling man, well? You guys feeling it's okay? It's the shakeup. It's a shakeup. We <laughs> <laughs> get my gun. <laughs> All right, Annie. Um, no, I think I I, I can't agree more. I, I think you need guys like Ricochet. I I think Adam Cole and Ricochet have proven themselves a little too big for NXT at this point. I think it's time. And I agree. And if people were like people like them were on there, I'd watch it every week. And I'd man, watch it over five an hour it. and make it an hour. I think it's 45 minutes right now. Make it an hour. Put more top talent on it. Take almost, you know, run it like you run NXT. And then those guys can still also be on Raw every now and again. There's no reason why you can't have Adam Cole on 205 and then Undisputed Error on Raw. Awesome. And he just. Yeah. And, they, and now you're bringing a raw storyline into 205. Also, there's so it's, it's such a there's a better way to do it without already crowding an overcrowded roster by moving the cruiserweights there. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Mustafa Ali has made a huge impact on his first two weeks on SmackDown. I mean, his second match, he got to team up with AJ Styles and face the team of Daniel Bryan and Andrade Cien Almas, and he got the pin on Daniel Bryan. How fucking awesome what? is that? What? Right? I jumped out of my chair. Yeah. Unbelievable. Was not expecting that whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, I have a question about Mustafa. Is Mustafa's presence as like the new uh, 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 middle Indian character? Does that mean we're done with Jinder Mahal? Indians. I, not, what's the word I'm looking I think for? We've been done with uh, Jinder Mahal for Middle a while. Eastern. Middle Eastern, I guess Middle Eastern is the right word to yeah, go with there. They're, they're, those yeah. are different markets for WWE, and I think that's why um, Mustafa, you know, got moved over. And, I mean, technically, I had considered a call up from Two Hundred Five Live, or right. I know it's not, but um, I think uh, I, I think it's just because you know they need someone to uh, represent that market. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Well. Sticking on the topic of change and staying on the SmackDown side, so we had the Usos come out and cut a promo, and they were interrupted by the club, uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. We haven't seen them in a while. It's I think they said it. They haven't been on SmackDown since April. They haven't they had a match it. since. Yeah, August. they haven't had a match since April. 
which is kind of sad because they're one of the greatest tag teams in the world, and they came over to WWE as one of the greatest tag teams, and they had the Raw titles once, and that's been about it. Now, I know we always look at the tweets from Carl Anderson, and they're doing their thing. They're both very happy with what they're doing, but they need to have some prominent time on television before their contracts are up, I believe, later in 2019. Now, I thought it was a great segment. I'm glad the club got to show to show their stuff in the ring against the Usos, but unfortunately, we did get some interference from first the bar and then Sanity. So it was awesome to see the club and Sanity on TV again. So what's going to happen now with the tag division in SmackDown? It's going to be good. That's what's going to happen. One yeah, thing I it, did like was that the New Day was not involved. I'm okay with the Usos. The Usos is one of my favorite tag teams on WWE right now. And them being involved is fine. But those are four great teams right, right. there. Sanity, The Bar, The Club, and The Usos. Those are four teams you build a tag division around. Yep. And then and, the New Day can now finally go and go after maybe some singles titles. And so you get to the New Day. My favorite segment from SmackDown this week. The opening. In the very right? beginning, when yep. Shane is giving his pep talk, mm-hmm. and Big E is like kind of sort of doing awkward things to a piece of fried chicken, and he keeps <laughs> looking over at He's Daniel Bryan. Bryan. Daniel oh my Bryan God, is awesome. He's disgusted by the whole thing. And all I think to myself is, man, I hope this is starting up like a seeds of a feud between Big E and Daniel Bryan, because it's about time the New Day stops going after tag team titles. And oh my God. That was, that's the, that, if that's the beginning of it, then well done, because that won the beginning of SmackDown. You want to know what's funny? We've been saying that about the New Day since our very first time recording uh, SummerSlam weekend. Yeah. So it's definitely about time. I think 2019, we're going to start seeing the New Day take on some singles titles or at least some single storylines. Yeah. It's about time. I could see Big E rocking a world title belt. So let's stay on that topic of that opening segment on SmackDown. The unfortunate part, and this is, if I had to pick a good, a bad, and an ugly, this was my ugly for the week, was that Paige has been relieved of duty as the general manager for SmackDown Live. Now, Shane said she's not going anywhere. She's going to be in a different role. But what role is that? What can you give someone that can't wrestle? Commentary. You think you can put put her on commentary? We were before uh, before you came uh, back from your, you know, your uh, barber appointment in Delaware. Me and Bones were (laughs) going back and forth talking about what you could do at Paige on commentary. And since Corey's on two shows, you can take Renee off raw since Renee and Corey are so damn awkward. Every time Corey starts to try to ask Renee about Dean Ambrose's personal life with, which if you're going to do that, you have to make it a thing. You can't just keep doing it awkwardly, but that's a whole nother topic. Um, you can move Renee to SmackDown and then put Paige on raw with Corey. And then you got Paige can work with Cole who in my opinion is turning into is, I mean, he's never been terrible, but I think we're getting like Michael Cole's prime years right now in commentary for what it's worth. Worth. So I don't page with him now. I don't think you're going to see Renee move over. She's a trained journalist. They're not going to put someone like Paige, who's probably good on the mic or to commentate, but there, you're not going to see that. She'll be on SmackDown if she's on anything. I don't know. I don't think Paige is going to have good chemistry with someone like Byron Saxton and Todd Phillips. If you put Paige, who's probably the 
the, the most green when it comes to commentary, put her with two strong commentators like Corey Graves and like Michael Cole. Renee Young could fit fine over on SmackDown. She could hold her own over there with, with Todd Phillips and Byron Saxton. And remember, SmackDown is going to Fox, and it's going to get more athletic. It's going to definitely become the wrestling show. It's always had the reputation as the wrestling show of the two shows, but now it is definitely going to be the wrestling show once it goes to Fox, because Fox wants to see athletic stuff, not soap opera, dance break bullshit. Yeah, Doc, I definitely agree. Renee having the sportscaster background, she's going to be a perfect fit for SmackDown when it goes to Fox. Now, speaking of the women, let's talk about the women of both SmackDown and Raw. SmackDown, I think, had a really good segment with Charlotte, Becky, and Asuka in the ring, and then Vince McMahon coming out and announcing the match between Naomi and Asuka. But I love how Becky and Charlotte both have a common enemy now. They were enemies for a little while, but you know what they say, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And I feel like they are nonchalantly planting the seeds for the four horsewomen versus four horsewomen in in a roundabout way, which we may see come to a head. I don't think at Mania, probably later on, maybe SummerSlam, maybe Survivor Series of next year. Survivor Series, yeah. That's where it makes the most sense, sense, but I definitely see them planting the seeds for that feud right now. So I I have a couple interesting takes on the women of SmackDown this week. Uh, the first take was I, lo- I loved how Becky opened the show and she got right in there and she was, hey, I'm still in charge here. There, there'll be no shakeup on SmackDown. I'm still the man, even though I don't have my belt. This And she went her whole promo and everybody comes out and Charlotte's out, Asuka's out, Vince comes out, all the girls are out. And there's a couple things I took from when once the, Vince and the girls came out. When the, when, when the rest of the ladies, just call them ladies, when the rest of the ladies came out, and they said, you know, we're sick of seeing you three get all the opportunities. There was a moment where they showed Charlotte and Becky and Oscar on the camera in the rain with the gold looking like the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. And then they showed the rest of the ladies and all respect to them. It wasn't the same aura. None of them gave off that aura or vibe that Becky or Charlotte and Oscar gave up. And it looked like. The reason you're not in there is because you're not in their class. You're just not. because, And it's not because any of them are especially bad. It's because those three are especially good. And then another thing, I've, I've, and before, actually, Bones, Gad, you have something to say. Yeah, I, get, I was yeah, just going to say, the, to the three women in the ring are champions with or without gold around their waist. The th- exactly. we've, we've been saying it for weeks. The three of them are three of the main faces of the entire women's division. Right now, the entire, the entire promotion, the entire promotion, mm-hmm. not just the women's division, the entire promotion. This we need to start accepting the fact that the women are the face of WWE right now, and that is just all there is to it. And you have not, there's not the only person that comes close is Daniel Bryan, and even he, he doesn't have, even he's not doing what Becky and, and what Becky's doing right now, or Charlotte or Ronda. Not even, no, it's just, it's just. Just how it is. Get used to it. Get, get used to it. Start start just accepting it for a way of life right now. Could you imagine if someone had a problem with this? They're out of their minds. Out of their minds. Absolutely out of their minds. It's awesome. It's the most entertaining wrestling 
has been for me in terms of like some storyline development, some characters that I really, really enjoy since like the best since the pipe bomb, the, like that era of punk. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Like I actually thoroughly enjoyed like I'm SmackDown is can't miss TV for me right now. Raw, whatever. SmackDown. I want to see what's going to happen with Becky every single week. I want to see what's going to happen with Charlotte every single week and Oscar. And I was, I, I've always liked Oscar, but like, I think she's starting to elevate herself, but she's not at Becky, even though she's a champ, she's not at Becky and Charlotte's level. And there was a moment, the other moment I caught and, and Vince kind of called her out on screen. I like right in the middle of the taping and it is in a very subtle way. And I feel like he didn't like maybe wrong and maybe looking into it too much, but there was a moment where he said, Oscar, I can't see, I can't see you back there. You're hiding behind Charlotte. Yes. As if to say like, Hey, you're the champ. Get in the front of the rain. You're the champ now. Not, not these two. Like that's your reign, not their reign. Like stake your claim, mark your territory. Like it was almost like, like, Hey, let's go. Almost like a kick in the ass in a very like, but not in like a mean way. in like a, in a very like, fatherly I'm the old wrestling promoter I know how this works why right or Asuka was just in the wrong spot and he and he called around on, on TV on live yeah. I don't know man I, I think it, I, don't, I don't think that's as choreographed as you may think it is that's you know, why I feel like a lot of that move I know I think it was a lot more done on the subconscious then like Vince going out there. I don't know, maybe, maybe he did walk out there and say, Oh, why the fuck is it? She's standing in the front of the ring. You know, maybe that is what, I don't know. You could that be was right. A really good. Vince McMahon growl. <laughs> <laughs> so listen guys, so on the topic of the women, so that was the SmackDown side, but on the raw side, uh, a very similar issue where we had the champion Ronda Rousey out there in the ring, put out an open challenge. And then we saw, a backstage segment where the entire Raw Women's locker room was over in Gorilla yelling at the sound guy, I guess, the producer, because I guess now they call the shots. Hey, put my music on. I'm going to go take on Ronda Rousey. Don't know why they weren't just approaching the McMahons or, or Triple H, but then Stephanie came out, brought them all out, out onto the ramp and uh, put on a gauntlet match, which I thought the gauntlet match was great. I think three people looked very, very strong in the gauntlet match, and no, I'm not going to say Ruby, believe it or not, but I think Sasha, Bailey, and Natalya. Yeah, I know, I know. I was expecting more out of Ruby in that match, but I, I think they used her as a filler so they could make Sasha, Bailey, and Natty look a lot stronger. Obviously, for Natty, she ended up winning, coming out victorious, and she's facing Ronda Good. this coming Monday on the Christmas Eve edition of Raw. Now, what did you guys think about the gauntlet match overall? I loved it. I, I love, yep. like, I like watching wrestling. That's a lot of wrestling with a lot of really good wrestlers. And I liked that there was no Nia Jax or no Tamina. That was very enjoyable. <laughs> uh, I do thought, I thought Sasha looked very strong. I thought there was some of the, it's the most I've seen out of her in a hot minute. Like, you know, really like she was out there going at it. Like, Hey, I'm back. And it's going to be boss time again soon. You know, I want to see, like I was actually watching some of the old Sasha matches from NXT. I was just like, man, I, I missed this Sasha. And it's like, I almost saw a little glimpse of it on Monday on raw. Yeah. I, um, I actually didn't go to the bathroom during a Sasha Banks match. So that's good. 
So wait, so Sasha Banks is usually your potty break? Lately, I mean, not NXT or when she first came up. Mm-hmm. But lately, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I hate oh. the Boston hug thing. Yeah. They, they yeah, have to I break don't, the two of them like up. The, yeah. Put the two of them on separate brands or something. But, you know, going back to what you were saying earlier, Doc, about the women's division over on the SmackDown side, how you look at Asuka, Becky, and Charlotte, and then the rest of the locker room. Look at who we have on Raw. We have Bailey. We have Sasha. We have mm-hmm. Ruby Riot. We have Ember Moon. We have Mickey James. We have some really... What did I say? Natalia. Natalia. No, you never said that. You know, you never said Natalia. Oh, I never said Natalia. But we have so many bigger names, main event names on Raw, and practically none except for the three main ones on SmackDown. I think the women's division on both brands needs to shake up really soon, too. Because people like Ruby and Ember and Bailey and Sasha are just lost in the sauce over on Monday Night Raw. Right. Well, then you need to tune in to the fourth wall WrestleCast on January 5th. Because that's where we moved our superstar shakeup to, Ooh. and it's also our debut on WrestleAddict Radio. Believe it or not, nice for all segue. you listeners out there. So if you want to know how the Doc would shake up the women's division, you got to come listen on that night. Because I have a lot of thoughts about the women's division, and it would take way too long to do in this segment right here. So make sure you listen on that day. I'll give you one little hint: Ember Moon's a big part of my plans. If I had the book, Ember Moon is a huge part of my plans. Can't wait to hear this. So, guys, mm-hmm. uh, some other changes that did happen this week is they announced six NXT call-ups coming up to the main roster. We already knew about Lars Sullivan prior to TLC. Actually, I think around Survivor Series time, they were talking about Lars Sullivan coming up. So we got Lars Sullivan, Lacey Evans, EC3, uh, Nick, the long-awaited Nikki Cross call-up, and then we have Heavy Machinery, which Heavy Machinery was weights. a big stakes part of my weights, shakeup weights, as well. Stakes, stakes, and weights. stakes and Weights is going to be a great addition to the tag division on the main roster. But unfortunately, I think Heavy Machinery is going to end up on Raw, and Raw right now for their tag division has a lot of joke tag teams if you know how I'm referring to that. And I feel like they're going to yeah, fit in perfectly with that. Uh, but I think they would shine much better if they went over to SmackDown. But let's use this time now to segue into our third brand with the third man. Who's Lars Sullivan? Some freak. I heard he's the most sought-after free agent in the professional wrestling industry today. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Bold statement. <laughs> I've never, I've never heard of him. I will tell you who I have heard of. Who have you heard of? EC3 and Heavy Machinery. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Stakes and weights, baby. Stakes and, and weights. Can I, can I say how much? Of a man crush, do you think Vince has on EC3? EC3 is like the mold for every superstar that Vince ever wanted on WWE television. <laughs> if everybody looked like EC3, he would be the happiest man in the world. So, Lars Sullivan, completely overshadowed by these, well, five other superstars. 
completely. It's it's awesome. Did anyone see Dixie Carter's tweet to EC3? Yes. No. How, how she's so proud of her nephew. Yeah. K Fabe's <laughs> alive right how, there, baby. K Fabe's alive. Who cool was that? How cool is that? And then, listen, a couple of weeks ago, I, I said that Otis was going to break from heavy machinery. I fully retract that statement. I went back. I watched more. They're great. I, I'm so scared. Great. I'm scared heavy machinery is going to not be received well by Vince because they're not the EC3 mold, especially Otis. I mean, but you, you can't look at those guys and – like those guys are kind of like in the dusty road sort of vein. Like big they appeal to the every man, the big van Vader's. Yeah. Man, they use their... No, 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 <laughs> no, no, Nothing no, no, like whatever. You're not helping the cause. Whatever You're not helping the cause of Ludwig Borga. No, 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 no. The monk, the same guy who played. Oh, Friar, um, Friar Ferguson. It's my, uh, tw- it's my Twitter, Twitter profile pic. Oh. <laughs> I'm just going through every large person I know. Akeem. One man oh, game. man, dude. I've been watching these old Royal Rumbles, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, Akeem comes out and does that ridiculous dance, the <laughs> African dream. <laughs> How do you go from the one man gang to the African dream and you're a white dude? <laughs> That's my one man gang noise, dude. I love those. Those Akeem dance moves are priceless. Oh my god, dude! Late eighties, early nineties wrestling, the shit they got away with, man. Oh man, <laughs> not wrong. So, I think even better than, you know, EC3 heavy machinery and some dude. So some Nikki Cross, <laughs> Nikki Cross, finally. Oh my God! Right, I'm it's so about excited. damn time. Yes, Nick- it is about damn time. And you know what? It's about damn time for Lacey Evans too. She's been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I, feel I like think Lacey's got long, a great gimmick. Yeah, she has a great. She's going to to sell really well on the main roster. Yeah, I man. I think that's a right. that's a main roster gimmick without a doubt. I, I she's gonna have a hard time not getting over. Yeah. And I think Nikki's going to do really well on the main roster too. I think Nikki, you heard it here first. She is my pick to win the women's battle Royal at WrestleMania this year is Nikki cross. You heard it here first. Uh, I'm excited for all these calls, every single one of them, even Lars. Cause I do think Lars, I've, I've said it before and I'll keep saying, I do think he's a very good worker. I think he's a very good wrestler. I think he just needs some work on his character or he needs a mouthpiece. One of the two he's or both probably both. looking man. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's definitely put on some good matches. He was in that ladder yeah. match for the North American title. Even him and Keith Lee from a few weeks ago, really good match. Great him and, um, match, man. Was it him and Velveteen back before TakeOver? Yeah. Another really good match. I was really surprised, but his character doesn't his character doesn't grab me. It's nothing I'm attracted to with the character. He has, he has to work a, on it, and I think he'll get there on the main roster. He's got a badass entrance. Like yeah. his actual entrance, like when he walks in the rain, like he's got kick-ass entrance music. Mm-hmm. He's got like a, he, they do, they use the lights really well in his entrance. So everything's there for him. He just needs to get his character to a point where the whole audience is going to invest in him. He's not there quite yet, but I think he could be there. He's got all the other tools. Yeah. He so, could get Roman Reigns. He could get the Roman Reigns treatment though. I hope I can not. see that happening. I don't, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely a Vince guy. Vince's guys never get cheered. 
No, Vincent he, he, got the, yeah. he's going to get the Braun Strowman treatment, but he has to be on SmackDown. He can't be mixed in with Braun on Raw. Uh, see, that's where I think I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the going. first person he feuds with is Braun Strowman on Raw. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think that's exactly where he's going. Yeah. yeah. So do, do um, you guys think that Heavy Machinery and Lars are going to Raw and EC3, Nikki Cross, Lacey Evans will go to SmackDown? I think Heavy Machinery is definitely going to Raw. That's a um, shame. I would, love, I would love to see Heavy Machinery and the Undisputed Era called up at the same time and just let them finish their feud on, on Raw rather than let them finish on NXT. You know, I, I, I think Undisputed Era was in the talks about being a call-up at this time around with Triple H. Just like, nope, I need those four. They have to stick with me in NXT for a while. Because <laughs> I think Triple H has plans with them on NXT. He's like, you, you could take Heavy Machinery. You could take um, Nikki Cross, who hasn't been on, on NXT TV in weeks. I don't know what to do with her now, so go ahead and take her. Right. You know? So uh, I don't think Undisputed Era is coming up anytime soon. Yeah. If Undisputed Error isn't getting called up, then that means they are unquestionably going to be in the main event for most of 2019 on NXT. How about unquestionably undisputed? See what I did there? Uh, oh, that's really cute. <laughs> that was all were, right. were, you, were, you, were you waiting all week to debut I that? I was waiting. Oh, I've been practicing that all week, too. Yeah, okay. It's <laughs> cute. Mm-hmm. You practiced that one on the dog? What did, what did Logan <laughs> you know, think? With Logan and Peanut, that's right. <laughs> so, call ups are cool, but how about some uh, TV debuts down in NXT? I think there was one really good debut. Yep. And one r- really, really rushed and really bad debut. Awkward. These eyes. That was Dijak. awesome. Dijak. That dude is going to fucking run Whatever his name is now. Dude, his finisher, that like, that like, that suplex GTS thing that he does is freaking vicious, man. It's awesome. That's a vicious finisher. Before we start talking about him, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we start talking about him, kudos to Kayla for pronouncing his name correctly. (laughs) That's my girl, Kayla. She pronounces names a lot better than I do. <laughs> um, I was really impressed by him. Really, really, really impressed. Like, Bones, it was like what's this- his background? He, I know he came from Ring of Honor. Uh, I believe he was there for a short time, and Ring of Honor didn't capitalize on him before NXT took him. But he's been with NXT now for I think close to eight months or so, working a lot of house shows, and has not been on TV. He's been on TV like sporadically here and there but nothing substantial and his name has also changed about three times too since he's been here you know he came over as donovan dijak then became chris dijak and then dominic dijak i think and now dominic dijak i'm sorry dominic dijakovich which makes no sense yeah he's like the john cougar mellencamp of wrestling yeah, it's his all, name just he reminds keeps changing. Me, with his name, he reminds me of Drago from, right, from yeah. Rocky, you know? Yeah, I, I did get a Drago vibe when I watched yeah. him. I could see that. Um, now, the other go, debuts. Uh, who wants to go next on, right. on Jessamine Duke and Marina's uh, I'll go next. I'll go next. Let me go next because 
you know, Ronda, let's talk about the four horsewomen of MMA. You know, Ronda's Ric Flair. Shane is definitely Arn Anderson. These two are not Tully or Oli slash Barry Windham at all. Their <laughs> debut. No. no, no, their debut. And I, I hope you guys agree. If not, we need to reconsider our friendship. I think their, I think their debut was rushed and I do not think they're ready for, for house shows, let alone TV. And they've been doing house shows for a while too. I've been seeing a lot of pictures yeah. of them doing shows, teaming up uh, with Shayna, doing some six, six woman tag matches. But I just wasn't impressed by them at all this week. Their in ring nope. skills, uh, their characters. No character. I feel like the, there's no chemistry between the two of them. I hated those shirts too. They wear like those like hot let's topic play, shirts they were fight. wearing. Mm-hmm. It's like something they got. A, it's like a hot topic shirt, like that a seventeen yeah. year old would wear. I just I wasn't left. I thought they were flat. The flat's the best way to describe it. Um, I feel like there's just something not believable about it. Like I, I don't see they don't have the badass factor yet that Ronda or Shayna. I think they could. I mean, Shayna was a little rough. I thought when she first started, and it definitely took her time to get to where she is now. So we could also see that progression still. But I don't understand why they had to be on TV. I don't understand that at all. I guess I mean I I understand the storyline of it, like what they're going for, but they're not ready for that yet. This story could have waited another few months. I think they're only on TV to help to be supporting cast for Shayna. I feel like something big is going to happen with Shayna moving forward, probably going in towards WrestleMania weekend, and they're just acting as her supporting cast right now. There's nothing substantial with the two of them. Putting them in a tag match between Io Shirai and Dakota Kai was, it made sense because of the way the Shayna storyline's going and how Dakota and Io helped Kyrie mm-hmm. Sane, but I feel like the two of them are going to kind of be lost in the, in the sauce for a little while until they find their own footing. And I think until Shayna leaves NXT and comes to the main roster. Mm-hmm. At least EO and Dakota won. And by the way, EO did better than Dakota again. Yeah, I thought yeah. EO, had a, uh, EO had a really good showing this week. Dakota was a little off this week. EO's been kicking Dakota's ass every single week since they've been together. Yeah. I'm really high. I, I like EO. I think she's I think she's got a real future in mm-hmm. WWE. I think she's going to be a main roster star. Oh, oh, she she definitely will, hands down. Yeah. She definitely will. I don't I don't I don't know. I don't see Dakota making it out of NXT. No, I think she's going to be no. a staple in NXT and NXT UK for a while. Yeah. You know. I think, I don't think she has She's too much. She's too similar to Bailey. Yeah. That's one of the big problems with her. Yeah, yes and no. I don't really get that whole Bailey Bailey vibe from Dakota Kai. Really? I, I did when she was scared of Shayna Baszler, but I don't really get that Bailey vibe from her. Her, her, her she even no, no. You you must be watching the wrong person. How could you not get a Bailey vibe? I don't from get her? a Bailey wow. vibe from her. She does nothing but copy Bailey. How? She Bailey How? started wearing a leather jacket. Dakota started wearing a leather jacket. Bailey tried I, to I be. Wear a, a, I wear the jacket too. Does that mean I'm, I'm copying Bailey? Maybe. No. <laughs> Maybe. But they look so. But they look so similar, and they have like that same like. I'm super fan. Everybody, look at me. I'm so happy to be a pro wrestler. Yeah. Like uh, Dakota Kai can only be like Bailey if Izzy starts dressing up as Dakota Kai 
at NXT tapings. <laughs> That's when you can say Dakota Kai is like Bailey. Until Izzy dresses like Dakota Kai, she is. I can't compare her to Bailey. Dakota Kai is Dakota Kai, and she's doing her own thing. And I think she's great, and I think she's going to be a big name in NXT and NXT UK moving forward. Define own thing. Oh my god. Wait, define what? I missed that. Define own thing. You say she's Dakota she has her is own doing thing. Her own yeah, thing. she's Dakota. She has Kai. her own accent. Team Kick. She has her bro. own accent. Team she has Kick. like a. <laughs> she has a. She's from a different country than Bailey. Yeah, and and she's cute as hell. <laughs> she is pretty cute. <laughs> well, listen, uh, John. We were talking about Shayna Baszler before and seeing the future for her. There's a fatal four-way number one contenders match. Who are the four contenders now in this match, Johnny? So we have uh, my girl Bianca Belair. Let's be honest here. EST. She is. She is the EST. You know, she's I, also undefeated. I love her. She's great. Uh, we also have Lacey Evans, who I think this is obviously going to be her last thing. This will be her last on NXT. match. Yeah. Uh, Mia Yim. Will it? Will it? Yeah, I think so. Who knows when these call-ups? These call-ups could wait. It might not be until, like, well after the Rumble when these call-ups really happen. Eh, I don't think so. I think the McMahon-Helmsley regime know that things have to change sooner than later. They're not going to push these these things off. They have to There might be a slow build, but it's not going to be weeks like that before Uh, we start seeing people. I don't think so. Okay. So we also have Mia Yim, who I'm really high up on. She's awesome. Mm-hmm. And Io Shirai as well. This is a very interesting match um, for way different styles here. Yeah. But who who's going to win it? I mean, I don't think Lacey Evans is going to win it. I think there's no point to where since she already's doing the call-up. Um, I think it's between Bianca and Io Shirai. It's going to be Bianca. This is not where Bianca takes her loss. No. This is not where she takes her loss. Bianca's going to be in that title picture, but which is funny now because now – Let's say Bianca wins. Is Bianca going to be booked as the babyface against Shayna Baszler? No, yeah. she's a tweener. No, she's a tweener. tweener. She's going to get booked like Becky. Um, okay. It's going to be, I think Bianca Belair, Belair is going to have a big 2019. I think she's going to be a big part of the women's division. Uh, and I think all four women in this match are all future WWE, you know, on the main roster stars. All four of them, like like you guys said, four distinctive styles and four styles that are all very, very good, and they're all very talented in the ring. But I think this, I mean, they've been building Bianca towards this, you know, championship opportunity for a while now. So, and I think it's going to be a big year for her. So, wouldn't be surprised if she went over and uh, she got that title shot. I think all four of these contenders are going to be future WWE women's champions on either brand. I can see all four of them with a title on the main roster at some point. I'm really mm-hmm. surprised it took me again this long to get to NXT, but that's just me. Well, she had an injury last year, didn't? Isn't that what um what kind of kept her away for a bit? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so last thing, the most important thing of this week's episode. I think we're going to see DIY as a tag team. It was my mark out moment of the week. That was what a fucking moment that was. Like, it was wh- awesome. How? Oh God, I, guys, I was guys, they hit a meet in the middle. 
which yep. is a badass finishing move. It was DIY. And it, it, I'm smarking out, man. It was like it was a heel Dude. DIY. It was so different, man. It's like you saw Gargano. He was kind of iffy about it, but then he went for it, and then he was unsure if he should have done it. And Champa was just out there applauding him, being still being so proud of little Johnny. What is going to happen here, guys? What beautiful natural progression of this story, right? This has been so much fun to watch for the past how was it been year year and a half now mm-hmm. of of this these and now to have it come full circle and to have it come full circle logically and without any sort of outlandish sort of gimmicks or terrible writing like it was just funny how that works funny how that works and it's the only and it made so much sense and having the the, the evolution of the gargano character has been some of the best wrestling of 2018. We look back at 2018. That's one of the things that's going to stand out to me as, as one of the highlights of the year, how Johnny Gargano went from Johnny wrestling to Johnny badass Mm -hmm. and DIY once again, became a force to be reckoned with in NXT. And now you got to think they're going to be at the top of the tag division now for 2019. See, I don't know. I still think this partnership, I'll I'll use that term loosely, between Gargano and Ciampa is going to be short-lived. We're going to see, maybe we'll see them in a couple tag matches, but I still think the end result's going to be Gargano beating Ciampa for the NXT title WrestleMania weekend. And then then they go, and then Mm -hmm. Ciampa comes up. Yep. Yeah. We'll see, man. We'll see. Because I was excited to see them two together again, and I think you should ride that momentum for a bit. It's a fresh take on the story. Listen, even with this sh- this shaken up thing that's going on, this is the storyline that has interested me the most. So they're doing something right. And I still stand by my thought that I don't think Gargano and Champa should fight again until they're on the main roster. That would be great. I mean, and there's definitely other possible contenders to be the ones to beat Ciampa and win the title. I mean, it could be Aleister Black. Who the hell knows? Velveteen Dream, Velveteen man. Velveteen Dream. You got Adam I'd Cole. You got see Matt Riddle. Aleister Black. Aleister yeah. Black is not long on down down there. Yeah. Aleister Black's going to be in the Rumble. Or if Undisputed mm-hmm. Era is going to be a big part of 2019, then what better way than to tend to really cement them as the top in the mountain by having either Adam Cole or Roddy Strong at one, but I would guess Adam Cole would make the most sense because he's a quote unquote leader. Having Adam Cole as your NXT champion at the end of Takeover on WrestleMania weekend, right. and you have to go over Champa, and that's the end of Champa. And you know there could be a whole feud between the Undisputed Era and DIY leading up to WrestleMania. There's so much you could do if you don't break up DIY right away. Did you notice the image that was going on uh, social media after last week's NXT where it had Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Roderick Strong, and Kyle O'Reilly with all of the NXT titles? Yep. Yeah. Where were them in 2019? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to keep them around, they have to go somewhere big like that. Undisputed Era has nowhere else to go but total dominance of the brand. Yeah. We head on down Indy Road, and we need to talk about Ring of Honor. 
Obviously, Ring of Honor just lost about a quarter of their roster. Um, Cody, the Bucks, Kazarian, Daniels, all of them. I feel like I'm forgetting some more. I just, those are the four I can think of, the ones I can think off my head right now. Not really sure where they're going. Uh, there was a rumor going around. It was put out there by uh, Dave Meltzer this week that that Cody and the Bucks turned down seven-figure deals from WWE. I have a hard time believing that WWE and Vince McMahon offered them seven-figure deals. That doesn't seem like the Vince McMahon thing to do in that situation. I don't. Um, I don't. I don't think they're coming to WWE. I think this all elite wrestling thing's a real thing, and I think there's going to promotion hop for the next year while everything gets started. And those those names I just mentioned: Cody, the Bucks, Kazarian, Daniels, probably Jericho are going to uh, be on that AEW programming. I think if there's any wrestler of Bullet Club most likely to come to WWE at this point. It's either Kenny Omega or Hangman Page. Those are the two I could see most coming there. So what does ROH do now? Where do they go from here? That's a good question. They lost a lot of their big names because people weren't watching Ring of Honor because they like Ring of Honor. They watched Ring of Honor because they had Cody. They had the Young Bucks. They had the Bullet Club on Ring of Honor. Right. So, who? I mean, Jay Lethal is can't be the face of ring of honor because i don't think he's the he's not the the draw for the promotion so now this is kind of crazy but i was thinking what if they partnered up with impact and they joined rosters together oh they've done that in the past but if i'm not mistaken impact and ring of honor have a very frosty relationship at this point i don't think they're on the best of terms with each other you know, I, I think that was in the Dixie Carter era, though. So I think okay, now that okay, man, new maybe, management, maybe there's an opportunity. I mean, yeah, ROH, I ROH needs new management in general. Also, this is another thing in ROH. Like they just they don't have the money to keep big guys around like Cody Rhodes and the Bucks when right. they can go and just do so much better for themselves. So that's that's a big problem at ROH. I think they'll reload just like they did when they lost their last batch of really good wrestlers. They, ROH always seems to reload. They reloaded when Punk and Daniel Bryan and the Colt Cabana left, and they reloaded when Claudio Castagnoli, who we now know as Cesaro, left, and and um, what's his face that's married to Maria Canellis, Mike Canellis. So Bennett, they, they've yeah. Mike Bennett when he was Mike Bennett then, obviously. So I think they've always found ways to reload and they'll always find talent. You know, they'll find talent from combat zone and they'll find talent from PWG and, and other smaller indie promotions that usually feed into ROH and before, and an ROH will continue to most likely feed into NJPW and WWE and maybe all elite wrestling. One name I think we will definitely see in ring of honor in 2019 is a gentleman by the name of Pac who is the current Dragon Gate champion. I Could see you see, see that cross-promotion going down at this point? Because, yeah, yeah, remember, ROH has a close relationship with NJPW, so do you think that affects them having a relationship with Dragon Gate? I'm not saying it has to be a relationship with the promotion. I think maybe Pocket eventually loses the Dragon Gate title and just join Ring of Honor. I don't know about a partnership. I don't know Dragon Gate that well. To think that a partnership would do them any good. I don't know about the talent they have there, except for Pop. Right. 
You know what ROH needs to happen for real is they need someone from WWE like Dolph Ziggler or Finn Balor or someone along that, along that, um, someone in that ballpark to really get unhappy like Cody did and just say, "Hey, I think my talent's better used elsewhere. I'm going to go rock the Indies for a while." And I think that's where ROH, what ROH has to look for, and they have to snag that wrestler up before before Impact does or before NJPW does. Yep. So I don't know if you guys know, but where does this leave the Bucks? Because aren't the Bucks contract with NJPW coming up also? I think a lot of I think I think Cody's is too. There's been so many contract talks that I'm having a hard time keeping yeah. track of which contracts are which. I think all of this ends with AEW and Cody and the Bucks being in AZW and Kazarian and Daniels and all those guys that were like on TNA in like the early 2010s, except for AJ. And that weren't like WWF, re- WWE, sorry, rejects. <laughs> right. Um, other things that we're hearing from from uh, the world of the indies is that Dalton Castle might be um, jet guard getting some interest from NXT. Interesting, because I look, look at Dalton Castle and I just see Tyler Breeze 2.0. And we see how Tyler Breeze has just not been able to get his fair share of time on the main roster. Intercontinental title match this week aside. So it worries me that Dalton Castle's going to fall into that same, like, almost pretty boy vein. And those wrestlers seem to not do. They don't, they don't main event in the WWE. Let's, let's right. make that clear. So I don't know. I, I don't know how. how legit that rumor is but i don't know if that's the, especially what you know the smartest move for castle right now since roh is now completely wide open mm-hmm. yeah yeah i say, don't know much about dalton castle but i know that when he beat cody rhodes for the ring of honor championship i think it was earlier this year maybe last year i didn't hear anything good about dalton castle's run as ring of honor champion yeah nothing Nothing crazy of note to come about at all. So, moving on from that. Yo! It's Christmas time! Whoa! It's Christmas time here in the studio. Hold on, put that back on. That's my jam, man. Yo, you just turned off Dottie Hathaway? Put that back on. How did that happen? Put that back on right now. Put it on right now. Put it on right now. That's my jam. Come on. Yo, what? Oh, why you get to tease me like that, man? So first things first, let's talk about Donny Hathaway, my favorite soul singer maybe ever, with Willie Weeks on bass, one of my favorite bass players ever. Nice. <laughs> I don't know why that happened, but it was a very pleasant surprise. That was perfect. <laughs> anyway, so in other news, um, just right before we started recording, uh, Impact got themselves a new TV deal on some other fucking channel that nobody has or has ever heard of. So uh, they're moving to Fridays and no one's going to watch because no one has the pursuit channel either. So way to go impact way to not get the TV deal you needed to get. And, and our it's favorite be interesting to see how they oh, you got something to say. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, Doc. I think it'd be interesting to see how they match up against SmackDown when SmackDown moves to Fridays at the end of 2019. Well, considering SmackDown's on a network that like people have heard of, they're not going to match up very well against SmackDown at all. (laughs) They're going to get the shit kicked out of them, and no one's going to watch. I got this. 
Pursuit is an American television network that airs programming geared to hunting. I can't even talk hunting, fishing, shooting, outdoor recreation. It is based in Glenwood, Alabama. Great. Wow. So they're going for the uh, WCW market that's still holding out hope that WCW is going to come back and beat (laughs) WWF one day. And that's what they're going for. And nobody's going to watch. And Impact's going to be stuck in the same conundrum they've always been stuck in. Yeah. Um, Johnny Gargano is the latest of NXT stars who is going to be making an Evolve appearance. He will be at Evolve 120 in New York City on January 19th. It's a week before the Royal before the Royal Rumble and Takeover. So that's not too far away. Do we know who his opponent is yet? All I heard is he's going to be there. I, I, I believe I it's Austin Theory. Austin Theory. Okay. If if I have some extra bucks, that actually might be kind of fun to go to. I'd like to see yes, Johnny Gargano wrestle on the match. Yeah, I would go. Now, when these, when the WWE, when the NXT guys are showing up on these indie shows, does anybody know? Um, are they coming as their WWE gimmicks, or are they doing like their indie gimmicks? Yes, yeah, it's their WWE oh. gimmick. Yep. Ah, very, very nice. Okay, cool. And that fam is Adventures on the Indies. All right, fam, it's the doc here, and it's time for my final thought. So all week, all we heard was about shake up this and shake up that, and we got to Raw and SmackDown this week, and we kind of got some things shaken up, and we kind of didn't. I I do think there was a huge opportunity dropped here in terms of shaking things up, and that was how the rematch between Becky and Asuka is being handled on SmackDown. I don't understand why this match isn't on SmackDown. We're, we're trying to boost ratings here. We're trying to get people more interested in TV tapings again. Why not have a match that you know is going to be a knockout match for your for for your SmackDown Women's Championship, the top championship probably in the promotion right now in terms of what we're most interested in as fans? Why not have that headline of SmackDown and give them 20 minutes? To really just throw down on SmackDown rather than push this off the to the Rumble and push off the Ronda, Becky, Charlotte storyline we all want to get invested in before Mania. Everything was set up to perfectly set up the triple threat match that needs to happen at Mania. Hopefully after this moment at the Rumble when Asuka eventually retains her title against Becky, we can start moving in the right direction and get Becky and Charlotte over to Raw. That's the shakeup we need. Wow. Well, finally, we disagree on something because my final thought is, is that this whole kind of reset is great. And even though you don't like how their match is being handled, um, I think that, you know, I, I, you know, it was kind of overshadowed by other things. And I think that's OK. New blood. That's my final thought. Embrace the change. You know, my, my, my final thought is going to be based on the, the change and the shakeup that happened this week, too. I feel like a lot of people have a lot of negative thoughts about the, the, the way the week went. But 
people were expecting Rome to be built in a day when the when Vince McMahon showed up on Raw. I feel like this is going to be a slow burn. We're going to slowly start getting things that we want over the span of the next few weeks, probably leading into Rumble, maybe even after Rumble. But I think people have to just be patient and just sit back and enjoy the ride and watch some big things are going to be happening on WWE television moving forward. Well said. Thank you. We'll see. I practiced that all week. well fam that's all the time we have for today if this is your first time tuning in i am jc bones i am doc haas and i am the third man johnny smarks and we are the fourth wall wrestlecast please be sure to follow us on twitter and instagram at fourth wall cast that's the number four t-h-w-a-l-l-c-a-s-t and also please follow wrestle addict radio on twitter at addict wrestle if you enjoy the fourth wall experience and want to listen to us every week be sure to tune in every saturday on itunes soundcloud google play spotify all major podcast platforms and tell your friends to like share and subscribe and help this thing grow and grow into the biggest draw for the critics the marks the casual and the hardcore once again we are the fourth wall wrestlecast goodbye merry christmas and good night I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. I'm a hugger. Uh, All right, guys. Are you a a hugger? I'm a hugger. I'm a hugger. All right, gentlemen. I got to work at the brewery in the morning, so I'm going to bed. All right, guys. I'm going to be up for like the next four hours editing and posting and shit on the internet, so I will talk to you guys. All right. Good night. I thought you were going to go to another segment. I'm sorry. I was just in awe of how good that tie-in that you just did. That was, was that a good plug- fucking segue, right? I fucking yeah, love yeah right? Oh. Look at you, man. Oh. Fucking oh. Oh. Anyway. Oh, I, I hope gotta... you appreciate that. <laughs>